Hello everyone, I'm Lindsay Dowd and I'm delighted to welcome you to the next Link Group podcast. Today we're turning our attention to share plans and how they can potentially be used to help companies conserve cash and also what share plan issues need to be considered in the context of capital raising. Against the tough economic backdrop we're currently facing, a top priority for many companies is how to improve their cash flow and how to conserve cash. Also, a number of companies are looking to raise capital by means of a corporate action. This is a trend we touched on in our May podcast, What's Next for Capital Markets? So we thought it's timely now to look at the impact of share plans in this context. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by our external speaker, Martin McLeod of law firm DLA Piper, and also our link share plans expert, Tristan Adams. Martin, I was going to ask you, please, if you could say a few words by way of introduction and also let us know what you and your clients are up to at the moment. Yes, absolutely. So I'm a legal director within DLA Piper's remuneration and incentives team, having joined a couple of months ago from Deloitte. I don't suppose DLA Piper itself needs much introduction, but it's probably worth me just saying a few words about our team because we're a growing part of the firm. So as you say, our focus is on on all aspects of incentives and reward, cash, shares, public companies and private companies, um, and from an executive remuneration perspective all the way through to all employee arrangements. And share plans are obviously a, a significant part of that. So we've got a lot of experience of advising clients on every aspect from the design through the implementation to the ongoing operation of those plans. And and as you might imagine, it's the, the operational side of things that's been a bit more active, shall we say, in 2020, as companies are having to deal with the unforeseen event that that is COVID-19. So as you say, I think that the, uh, the plan to, today is to talk a bit about how share plans might feature in in that common challenge that a lot of companies are facing in that need to conserve and or find cash and um, and solve that as an immediate problem or or to to brace themselves for the, the challenges to come. Thanks Martin that's a bit helpful introduction so I think we're going to dive straight in um, so I'm going to ask the first question um, so are there any simple things that a company can do under its share plans to conserve cash? Yeah, well, I think it's it's often a case of balancing cash with all things share plans. It's a, a case of balancing the cash cost and the dilution hit. So now might be the time for companies to think about taking a hit to their dilution rather than rather than spending the cash on the share plans. And there are there are obviously some other consequences of of diluting share capital, and more dilution may of course itself result in more cash costs in the future, especially if you're a company that has dividend stock. But if a company can afford some dilution at the moment, there are a few relatively simple things that they can do, and and a lot of companies are doing those things. The, the most obvious thing, I think, is to think about settling outstanding share rewards with new issue of shares rather than, rather than going into the market and purchasing shares if the intention had been to use market purchase shares to settle awards. But uh, there are there are a few points just to be alive to on that, because you can't a company obviously can't just issue shares; it has to have authority to do that, and that might be under its routine authorization that it's that it's got at, at AGM, or or it might be able to do that under a, an existing share plan that it's already got. If it's going to do it under a share plan, then the rules to that share, that share plan need to allow the use of new issue shares. So they'll need to have been approved by shareholders. I don't think I've seen any companies 
actually seeking shareholder authority to extend or to to add the ability to use new issue shares to an existing plan uh, but but that's also a possibility and then if you are using new issue shares under a share plan then then the company will have to think about the the headroom in the dilution limits in those plans bearing in mind that dilution limits normally um, almost always operate on a rolling 10-year basis in a share plan so if you use that up now uh, there'll be less dilution to <laughs> available to use in the future so so that's one thing that one simple straightforward thing that a company can do just changing the way it settles awards another relatively straightforward thing that a company may well consider is is to look to see whether there are any surplus assets in the company's employee benefit trust so so the company might have been funding an EBT to purchase shares to hedge awards that is granted but those awards may have lapsed for whatever reason. You might have performance conditions that weren't met, levers, etc. And there might be ways that you can actually release some of those assets. So you could, for example, think about asking the EBT to sell some shares and then repay the cash to the company if there's an outstanding loan, or the EBT might be able to use the trust assets to make certain cash payments direct to employees. It, it depends a lot on what the company's commitments are and, and, and what the EBT will agree to do. Thank you. And if you've exhausted the simple methods, what, what else have you seen companies doing? Some companies have looked at, at paying employees in, in shares rather than cash. That's probably quite straightforward to do if you're talking about discretionary elements of, of remuneration, like an like annual bonus, for example. But you'll need to get the employee buy-in if it's going to be anything, um, anything that, that the employees are contractually entitled to. I mean, obviously, like like salary, you can't. You're not going to be able to just switch someone's salary from cash into shares without getting their consent. And getting consent will depend on the the situation. Some employees actually may find it quite attractive at the moment, especially if they feel that the share price is is relatively low at the moment. There might be an appeal in in having elements paid to them in in shares rather than cash. Okay, thank you for that. Within Link, we have seen some of our clients undertake actions to either conserve cash or raise funds. I'm just wondering how common such practice is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I think conserving cash is a concern for for a lot of companies, and the ways they go about it have have varied. Um, whether whether they're conserving cash through use of their share plans or or other means, I think that it's something that a lot of companies are, th- are thinking about, and I think it's probably a bit too early to say whether there's any any market practice as such in using share plans because it's such an unexpected event. But certainly a lot of companies are are looking to 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 do some of the things that we have spoken about and, and, and will be speaking about. Um cash raisings, um yeah they've they, they we saw a lot of activity um of companies trying to raise money on capital markets in the first two quarters of, of the year. And and that's reduced quite a lot more recently, not not least because of the time of year, but I think we expect capital raisings to to pick up again in um, in Q four, you know, not least because the government's furloughing support is going to be coming to an end. Although I think perhaps perhaps not to the same degree that it was in the first half of the year. So so I think yeah, a return to some capital raisings and and yeah, I think we'll we'll come on to speak about it in a bit about some of the the share plans issues that you might need to might need to think about. Understood. That's great. Just out of interest, 
Are there any personal tax considerations? For example, where individuals are paid a salary, they'll obviously be taxed on the income. On the flip side, where individuals are paid in shares or similar, are there any tax considerations either at the point of award or vest? As, as you say, if, if you're being paid any kind of cash entitlement and in, in cash incentive, you'd expect to be taxed at the point that the, the cash is paid to you. And if if the company switches to some sort of share-based incentive arrangement, normally, in, in most countries, and, and certainly in the UK, you, you shouldn't be paying any tax until the point that that those shares are those those shares vest. So yeah, one one of the consequences of having if 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 if, if share awards or, or share incentivization is structured with some sort of deferral or some sort of vesting period where you don't get the shares immediately, then you'd expect the the income tax charge to be deferred as well. Um, and that has a knock-on effect for, well, national insurance will rise at the same time and em- employer national insurance contributions as well. So so it pushes pushes everything back to the point of, of vesting of that award. I suppose a, a point to make on that is that for, for a company, if, if, if share prices are low at the moment and share prices go up, the value of the shares will go up and the um, the national insurance that arises at the point that the awards vest will be higher than it would have been at the point that the cash would have been paid. So so you could end up with higher cash costs down the line, but that might be enough for a company at the moment to save the immediate problem of, uh, of con- conserving cash. And then you've also got to think, as a company, think about uh, how those are actually settled because if if you're using new issue shares as we've already talked about that's that's not going to have a cash cash cost as a dilution effect but but if you 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 could equally purchase shares in the market down the line and settle awards that way which again is going to with a with a share price going up is going to be a higher cash cost in the future and and an unknown one at that so there are the, the there might be additional cash costs down the line Thanks, Martin. So I think what we're really saying is that a lot of this hinges on the precise structure that's that's chosen um, if companies are are potentially looking to pay people in shares rather than cash. So can we look at perhaps a bit more what what, what are the other forms that this could take? What are, what are the options really in terms of structuring? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. So I think I think we've already touched on it. There's companies might might think about replacing cash incentives with um, with some sort of immediate shares, in which case there's going to be an immediate hit to dilution. And and again, a point that we've already talked about, you're going to need some authority to be able to issue those shares. I think I think more common would be to have some sort of deferred element to making a share award. And so the employee gets an entitlement to receive shares at some point in the future. They've granted that now. There's a deferred element and a deferred period. And at the end of it, they will receive the entitlement to get the shares. And that's the point at which their their personal income tax charge is going to arise. And, and, And as we've also touched on, the company's going to need to decide how it's actually going to fund that settlement of those awards, whether it's a, a dilution hit, which you know could be now or later, or if it's going to use market purchase shares, they're going to purchase them down the line. So I think that's the sort of those are the, the simplest things: the the immediate shares, deferred shares, the easiest things to get your your head around. But 
companies might not actually be able to, they might, they might be constrained by what their share plan rules under which they want to grant these awards say, and there might, there might need to be other, other aspects of, of that. So there'll be probably lever provisions that mean you'll, you'll forfeit your share awards. If you resign, for example, you might want to, as a company, put in a performance element. So there's actually, out, out of some of the challenges, some opportunities as well to, uh, to build in some of the, the retention and incentivization aspects that uh, the share plans are normally implemented for. And what about the more extreme measures? Yeah, well, the, the, there might be scope in, in share plans, particularly executive share plans, to allow the company to reduce vesting levels. So I'm, I'm thinking about things like underpins and discretionary overrides or or even malice and clawback provisions. But I, th- I think that you'll almost certainly struggle to use those without any evidence of wrongdoing. And, and there are various legal pitfalls of using those provisions as well. They might be worth thinking about, but I, th- I think I think they're probably unlikely to be suitable. Uh, companies might might think about suspending plans. There'll be a, a lot of legal issues to work through if we're talking about plans that are in operation and, and taking away existing right is going to be tricky and challenging. But um, I mean, I've I've se- seen a lot of companies that have pulled or or just delayed new grants of awards just because it's just not the right time probably more a consequence of general uncertainty really and and challenges with budgeting because it's probably not going to conserve that much cash in the short term bearing in mind that the big cash cost is going to come at the point that you actually have to settle these awards i mean obviously it might save you a bit from advisor fees and administrative fees but i I think that the, the cash savings there are probably limited and fundamentally, companies do still need to incentivise and retain people because they're beginning to think about turnarounds. Again, your share plans are a key tool in motivating people to work towards coming out of the downturn. I mean, ultimately, what a lot of companies are doing, and of course it's not a share plan's or an incentives issue at all um, is thinking about and and indeed already have made people redundant, and I just just wanted to mention that in passing really because redundancies clearly have a, a cash saving for companies in the mid to long term, but there is an immediate cash cost of making people redundant, and and there is a, often a share plan cost or can be a share plan cost of of making redundancies as well because it will often be a good lever trigger in share plans and that might accelerate the vesting of various share awards so it's not it's not a that's not necessarily going to be a a big cash cost if you're going to settle those shares with new issue shares anyway but there will be an employer nick cost at the point of of those awards vesting of course the the tax advantage plans are, are less of a concern there where where there aren't those income tax and national insurance costs Thanks very much, Martin. So we've talked uh, quite a bit there about how share plans might be used to help a company conserve cash. um, And clearly that's only going to get them so far. So many are therefore looking to capital markets to raise cash. What are the key things you need to think about from a share plan's perspective if a company undertakes, for example, a rights issue or a similar corporate action? Yeah, the share plan issues that you you need to address... I mean, it's a predictable answer, perhaps, but it will depend on the type of capital raising that, that the company is doing and the and the type of share plans that, that it has. 
if the capital raising is being done on a, a non-preemptive basis, then you've got less to think about because share, share plan participants may well see the value of their awards decrease, but shareholders are being prejudiced in a similar way. So, I mean, arguably, it's just it's just tough. There's more, a lot more to think about if the raising is being done on a on a preemptive basis and at a discount to market value, like as you say, like a typical rights issue. And the, the different issues will arise if actual shares are held by participants rather than conditional rights to receive shares, like a, a conditional share award or some form of option. So a, a SIP, for example, is the obvious common example where the participants in that share plan actually do have a, a real ownership of the shares. So there's, there's some there's some things that you absolutely needs to be done in advance of the, the capital raising, but um, unlike some other corporate events like you know like a takeover or whatever some of it can be dealt with shortly after the corporate event itself martin i wonder if it would help our listeners if you are kindly able to run through the absolute need to think about things to consider before raising capital yeah of course um you you, you as i say certain types of share plans uh, involve employees actually holding shares and you, you absolutely need to think about those share plans because you need to make sure that those the participants in those plans are being treated as as the shareholders that they are and that means making sure they receive all the necessary communications and they're giving all of the, given all of the appropriate choices so I'm just running through a sip as a as a, as a common example of, of that that type of plan where the participants own real shares first thing to do which is uh what any, any lawyer would tell you is to ch- check check the plan rules um see what they say but you'd you'd expect that the the sip trustee would take instructions from participants so on a rights issue sip participants will be given the choices that they can either they can either provide cash to take up the rights in full and if they do that, the new share that they'd acquire would have to be held outside the SIP and they wouldn't be eligible for the relevant tax advantages. Or they, they might choose to sell their rights, less valuable shares in the SIP. Or they might they might tail swallow, um, by which I mean take, take the cash neutral approach of selling some of the nil paid rights and using the sale proceeds to then exercise the balance of the rights. So anyone who does that will essentially retain shares of practically the same value and they'd be allowed to keep those shares in the SIP as well so benefiting from the the full tax advantages and essentially preserving their pre-rights issue position. I mean I guess I'm perhaps a a little less close to the the actual decisions that SIP participants make but I think that most SIP participants will probably take that approach um, although there may be some that, um, or, or several, many that have good reason to to take different courses of action, and Tristan, I don't know whether that's consistent with with what you'd expect. Yes, indeed, we definitely see tail swallowers being the preferred option as part of a SIP rights issue. Um, often, it's the case that it's the the default choice available to participants. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're seeing and experiencing the same as yourselves, I guess. Um, an EBT is the other area where shares are held um, in relation to a share plan. Yes, the, the EBT trustee is the registered shareholder and so they'd be eligible to participate in, in a rights issue just the same as any other shareholder would. If it holds shares on an allocated basis as a, as a nominee, you'd have to consult with the, the holder of the beneficial interest. And if it holds unallocated shares, 
as it almost certainly will, it'll need to decide what action it'll take. And I, and I think it'll almost, it'll most likely choose to tail swallow. If a company wants an EBT to take up the rights, it would need to fund the EBT to do that. And th there might be a reason to do that if you want to take advantage of the, the discount. I mean, fu fundamentally, early engagement with EBT trustees and SIP trustees and indeed any other holder of actual shares will, will be the key. Thanks, Martin. And you mentioned earlier that you can actually deal with some things after the rights issue has happened. So um, would you mind just running through for the listeners what, what those things are that, that can be left until a bit later? <laughs> yes, I, I did say that, didn't I? I it's, not, it's not what I'd recommend. Um, I'd always recommend doing everything as part of the project. But, but yeah, as, as you say, it's true that some of the issues that relate to conditional share awards and options are a bit less time critical because you don't need any input from third parties you just essentially tell employees what you've done what you really don't want to do though what you don't want to be in a position is um, of finding out that awards are vesting or options are being exercised before you've actually got round to making the adjustments that you need to make the main issues arise on secondary raising because in theory the share price will fall to reflect the fact that new shares have been issued at a discount to the market value of a share if the, if the raising isn't being done at a discount then that'll address the main issues and so it makes it much more straightforward from a, a share plan's perspective. On a rights issue, shareholders can choose to put in more cash or buy shares at the discount or they can sell their rights, take the extra cash and, and suffer the dilution or, or do something in between. The share plan participants, holders of awards, um, contingent rights to shares, don't have those choices because they're not shareholders. So by default they'll see the value of their shares fall and they'll be hopeless to do anything about it they won't be offered the chance to invest any more cash so what companies normally do to address it is to make an adjustment of an, of, of awards and what they'll do is they'll they'll increase the number of shares so that in theory the aggregate value of the underlying shares remains the same after the rights issue and they'll decrease any exercise price on a per share basis so that participants don't have to spend any more money to exercise the option as a whole, essentially you know, keeping keeping the cost and the benefit the same pre and post rights issue. And there's a standard formula for dealing with it based on on what's called the the theoretical X rights price or the the TERP as it's known. I think I'll probably leave it at that. It's before we start getting into anything anything too technical. Um, but there's a formulaic a formulaic process that you can do to correct the inequality between share plan participants and, and shareholders and you have to be a bit careful on tax advantaged options because but it's essentially the same process and HMRC approves that TERP calculation. So once you've done that you just need to make sure that it's all properly communicated to award holders and the communication can typically be relatively low-key because it's it's not asking them to do anything it's more of a reassurance that that no one's been prejudiced by anything that the company's done at a at a corporate level. Thanks Martin I'd imagine also that you need to revisit revisit performance conditions attaching to executive awards. Yes probably um, although obviously it'll depend on what the performance conditions are so some performance conditions won't be affected if they're not linked in any way to the value or number of shares if they are then the company as you say would need to adjust the performance conditions and I'm 
broadly speaking, that will be using a similar formula to the, the one we've just talked about in relation to adjusting awards to make sure that the performance conditions themselves remain no easier and no harder to satisfy on account of there having been a, a capital raising. And yes, share plan rules and award documents will normally they normally have the flexibility to make those adjustments. So again, it's an important thing to do before awards come to vest and um, and communications will need to give a reassurance, but it's it's not normally something that causes too too many complications. Thanks very much, Martin. Well, that, that's 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 good news, and I'm sure everyone really would like to know a lot more about the TERP calculation. But uh, anyway, that's for next time. Um, so just to conclude, we've heard uh, quite a lot today about how share plans can help with conserving cash, and also uh, what you need to consider from a share plan perspective with raising capital. But if you were to summarise, what would you say the probably the top three takeaway elements for companies to look out for? From what we've heard today, yeah. So I think starting with the where we finished really on the the, the ca- capital raising side, I think it's a very simple takeaway. Really, is it's just not to forget your share plans. There's nothing too complicated, but there are steps that need to be taken, and there may be steps that need to be taken before the rights issue, if it's a rights issue, takes effect. On the cash conservation front, I think I think I would focus on the simple things first, really. So looking at surplus assets in an EBT or thinking about alternative ways of settling existing awards. And then uh, my third takeaway would, I think, be to, to think about the flexibility in your existing share plans. So are the ways that those existing share plans can be used to either replace or defer looming cash costs or ways of remunerating your employees so nothing i wouldn't i wouldn't look to reinvent anything but look to see whether there's any flexibility in in what a company already has thanks martin i think that's they're they're very good advice to 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 companies looking to be more creative um with the conservation of cash i think possibly it's not top of the list to look at the share plans but certainly as we've heard today it definitely worth is uh there's some creative uh creative drafting and and uh, remuneration strategies that can be crafted there well i'd just like to thank very much martin mcleod our external speaker today and also tristan adams for for joining me we very much hope that you found that helpful any questions please don't hesitate to contact us as usual if you have enjoyed today and we very much hope you have um, don't forget that you can hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and you'll be notified each time we release a new episode So all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we hope you'll join us again soon.